Inspired Execution is a podcast where tech leaders from global enterprises discuss their journey to scaling billion-dollar businesses. Chet Kapoor is chairman and CEO of Datastax, with more than 20 years of experience working with global enterprises. Join us to hear about the experiences and mentors that played a role in their growth. Albert Hitchcock, Pearson Chief Technology and Operations Officer, helps shape the future of learning by transforming how Pearson delivers learning content and assessment for millions. Previously, Albert was Group CIO at Vodafone, and prior to that was Global CIO at Nortel. In this episode, Albert teaches us why he thinks culture is the biggest opportunity in a company's transformation journey. Learn what he's doing to create a fun, immersive, and 3D learning experience at Pearson. Albert shares his personal evolution and advocates that we should all be bold, be forward, and question everything. Albert, thank you very much for joining us today. Really excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Chet. No, it's really good to be here and um, looking forward to the conversation today. You've been at Pearson's for six years, and before that, you were at uh, Vodafone. That's, that's quite a transition. As you think about your journey, what do you think has come easy and then... Part B is, what do you think is hard? It's a really interesting question because um, you're right. I, I worked most of my career in telecommunications because prior to Vodafone, I was actually at Nortel Networks for 14 years. So my background is actually hardware engineering. So I came into sort of IT and software, you know, later in my career. I, I then went into a service provider. You know, Vodafone is one of the world's largest service providers, you know, and, and is about sort of 400 million customers. Then I went into sort of publishing and then, you know, moving publishing into the digital area has, has been my role in Pearson. And I'm also on the board of uh, Nationwide Building Society in the UK, which is one of our biggest banks over here. So, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you can work in different industry verticals, but the same challenges are still there. They're still present. And I think, you know, every company is trying to move to be a great digital business right now. And, you know, digital customer experience is at the center of a lot of the of the of the success of, of the companies right now. It doesn't really matter what uh, industry you're in. And so I think, you know, to your question, what came easily? Honestly, you know, I'm a technologist. I would say that the technology relatively has been the easy bit. And, and actually, the technology allows us to solve very similar problems across those different industries. What is hard is always the people aspects. It's the culture. It's the ways of working. It's have you got the right talent? Have you got the right experience in the organization to transform it? And each of my roles has been in organizations that have wanted to transform themselves, you know, have been rapidly transforming. And it's always the people element. It's the culture. It's how you change people's thinking. It's how you embrace a new type of culture particularly as we move to competing with digital native organizations that have only ever known the digital world, trying to get a traditional business to look and feel and behave like a digital native business has been the biggest uh, challenge. And that's where I spend, honestly, most of my time when it's been the same here as, as it has been at Vodafone, trying to, trying to get the organization to adapt and change to look more like a digital business and to be a successful digital business is, is where the challenge is, honestly. On the people side, is it just a combination of, you know, having a clear vision, having a strategy, 
and then mobilizing people to get there? Is it plus bringing people who actually have a perspective and have experienced doing transformations or people who don't and just have a fresh perspective? I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I, I don't have a sort of a, a single playbook, but I can tell you that it's a combination of bringing in enough new blood and thinking that instills confidence in the journey ahead you know so people who've seen what great looks like or what good looks like and know how to get there to help the existing employees and the existing leadership have confidence that the direction we're taking is the right direction that's one element i think dogged determination you know yeah. <laughs> getting a vision and just having the resilience and the you know the sort of dogged determination not to let go right just keep driving it i mean one of the things about my peer group, you know, CIOs, CTOs, is they tend to go into companies for a relatively short period of time, like one or yeah. two years, right? It's just the average lifespan yeah. of a CIO. It's not long enough. I mean, if you're going to start the journey and you're going to do a company-wide transformation, it's a five-year journey plus, right, in most cases. And so you've got to have someone, and I've tried to do this, is to set a strategy at the start and don't waver. I mean, it may not be 100% right and things change over time, but keep the key tenets of your strategy and your plan consistent and keep drumming it, the organization on the straight and narrow, keep it focused on the end goal and don't waver, I would say. So it's very much a marathon, not a sprint and dogged determination is a key part of it. And then I would say the other thing is talent, right? You've got to have enough talent, particularly in your in your technology organization to drive this change. And it's not just about technology talent, right? It's about understanding how digital business works, how digital business runs, how, how to be an effective digital company. And you need your technology leadership to have business leadership skills and acumen as well so that they they can talk the language of business leadership to drive the change. It's not just a technology change, it's a whole company change. You need digital leadership that embraces technology, but also the business as well. How important is it as you go, and you've talked about Pearson's digital transformation in moving to a single platform, similar to one like Spotify or Netflix. I keep thinking about the support from the board as well as the support from the folks that really get it. And everybody in between is actually working and transforming, but you need like unwavering support from the board as well as for all the people that are in the midst of the transition. How is that coming along? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I consider myself very lucky in that, you know, soon after I came into Pearson in 2014, I had a number of engagements with our board that were incredibly positive about the sort of aspiration to take the company forward to be a digital native business, effectively a platform business. Now, not all the company understood it at that time, what it meant to become a platform business. And we've learned that journey together, honestly. It was an aspiration at the start. It was not something we had a concrete plan around. And we we created the plan and we've had that dogged determination to implement it. And, and actually, it's come about that that plan was the right plan, you know, that becoming a platform business in our world is really an incredibly important thing to do because, you know, we have an aspiration of getting online to a billion learners, right? And there's no way you could address a billion learners with the traditional business model. The only way you can do that is through a platform. And the, the reason that the sort of inspiration from Netflix and Spotify came about was this notion of a single platform delivering a content-based experience to every country in the world, right? Every Potentially every citizen who wants to engage can engage. And 
our vision is to do the very same thing, but in an educational context, right? If we can get a billion learners on our platform, if we can help to reskill society, that's our end vision. And, and so the platform construct allows that to happen. And of course, underneath that, there's the sort of the technology, you know, we build on microservices, it's in the cloud, it's on it's on AWS, it's in multiple availability zones around. I can go on and talk to you a lot about the technical facts of it, but at its core, it's a single platform, a fantastic, engaging and fun learning experience that delivers great outcomes to people and allows us to impact society in a big way. That's that's the sort of the vision. And and the board have been behind that from the start. And I've had a lot of support from CEO and leadership and the exciting thing is that that vision has now come about. You know, we have the platform, it's implemented, we're launching new products and services on it, and it's scaling up. And, and that's the exciting thing that you can see that what was just a sort of a vision on the back of a, of a piece of A4 is now something that we've built and implemented and, and is, now, is now real. Uh, I'm a big fan and a student of uh, platform economics because a lot of people, when they when they think about platforms, it, it just generally comes down to the stack, right? Yeah. Everything going through a technology platform, but a platform business, as you've uh, said a few times, is hard to pull off, right? And especially as you are uh, re-engineering your entire business, right, around technology as well as the business model itself. And I think it's something that uh, we should definitely come back and talk to you more about. As I've talked to many companies who are transforming, the issues are the inertia of the current business model and the people parts, right? The technology pieces are hard, but it's not the, not the biggest issue. Would you agree with that? I completely agree. I mean, it's a, that's exactly what I sort of said a little bit earlier, and that I think that the people and the culture and the ways of working and the operational model and the you know the organizational construct what the org chart looks like in most traditional businesses does not suit the model of a digital native business so moving from becoming digitally enabled to digitally native is is a hard thing to do and that involves all of the people aspects all the cultural aspects all the ways of working between ourselves and our key partners and our learners and our consumers and our faculty and content creators and authors and employers. And, you know, to create that sort of flywheel effect between all those constituent parties within this sort of education ecosystem. And you need people who've had experience of doing some of that stuff because it's very countercultural to traditional business models. And you were, you were sort of alluding to that. We've got to bring in the thinking behind how to do some of that stuff. And, and that's where, you know, my job gets exciting. Once we start putting all those things together, we start creating that flywheel. Moving a little bit to the, the technology aspects, you know, education is changing. I had a chance to work at Google and reskilling is a massive, massive problem, as you said earlier. You've talked a lot about AI and its role in transforming education. Give us your perspective on it on, and what your vision is. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we see AI helping us in a number of ways, candidly. I mean, we're, we're using AI for our customer service function, you know, so robotics and using chatbots. And so, you know, AI is helping us become a more effective digital enterprise. So that's a, that's a key and important factor. 
AI is helping us to create a view of the learner, right? It's helping us create a learner profile and understand your aspirations, understanding what you want to do, understanding what you're looking for. So, you know, we've got this notion we call Pearson Pathways, which is about helping a learner figure out what are the next steps. How do you get a career in robotic? How do you become a software developer? How do you become a lawyer, right? If we can help to put some of the constituent pieces together to help you deliver your goals, right? Your and, and ultimately to get employed. If if you want to get employed, how do we how do we connect all the dots between all the courses you need to do, the accreditations you need to do, the skills development you need to do? And then can we connect you with an employer? Can we connect you with a school who can then connect you with an employer? So building out that pathway digitally for you, AI is going to play a very important role there. And then thirdly, AI will allow us to really personalize the actual engaging education experience. And so, you know, we've moved from delivering textbooks to students and professors. The first phase of what I call digital transformation in education was putting the textbook on the glass, right? But the world we're in now is we're way beyond that. We're into the engaging, you know, uh, 3D experiences that are highly personalized, much more like akin to sort of playing a computer game. And I've, I've hired a bunch of guys from the gaming world, you know, from Electronic Arts and Zynga and these, these sort of companies because they understand how to put together fun, immersive, personalized, engaging experiences. And so can we create courses that are highly personalized, that engage you with the richness of a computer game, but rather than playing a game, you're learning stuff, right? You're learning stuff. It's going in in depth. You know, the pedagogy is part of this. The learning science is part of it, but it's a fun, engaging experience. And we're going to prove to you that you're going to learn skills faster doing it that way than if you were reading text. And I think that's the next phase of this journey, which is putting AI at the heart of the learning experience and using it to create these experiences, which are beyond what we currently imagine in education. They're the next stage on, and they can be consumed on your mobile device anywhere you are. And they are a really important and engaging experience because they're going to take your your life to the next level. They're going to take your career to the next level. They're going to allow you to reskill. They're going to allow you to get that next job, that next career move, et cetera. So bringing those things together is, is, is how we see AI you know, for the future of our business. That is so awesome and so exciting. I, I, one of my big taglines when I was doing this uh, at Google was we should learn the way we live. And there's always been a gap, right? We live differently. We play computer games. We have apps that are personalized for us and things like that, notifications, all that. But the learning platform, the way we learn is still getting transformed and trying to, to catch up. And everything you said is like so exciting to see that, you know, we are going to start learning the way we live. That's when it becomes a lifelong journey of learning rather than I'm going to learn till I'm 22 and that's it. And maybe I'll take a course when I'm 35, right? It becomes a lifelong journey. Exactly. And that is, you know, you've used the, the words out of our strategy, really. I mean, we, we're very focused on this vision of, of lifelong learning. And can we capture a student when they're a young person and be their trusted advisor all the way through their life? Because as people live longer, they're going to want to have multiple careers. Potentially, they're going to do multiple things. So we want that persistence. We, we don't want to lose contact with you once you've finished your high school exam or when you've finished your degree. We want to build up continuous 
journey with you and we want that ability to be able to help you on your path right so that's why we're, we're talking about the sort of the pearson pathway to help you continually reskill and learn new things and it should be a fun experience right it's not something you want to get rid of when you finished your course this is something that you want to engage with us uh, going forward and um you know that's all part of that making that experience really engaging really really important and fun you know to so that we continue that engagement with you COVID-19 has uh, certainly accelerated the trend of online learning, all right? What is the impact that you've seen on the edtech sector? And, you know, has have you had to make some adjustments to your strategy based on it? It's been really interesting because I, I would say that it's not really affected our, our vision or our strategy, but it's probably brought it forward, if anything. Um, it's it's definitely accelerated the demise of of print. It's accelerated the demise of the physical book. I would say, um, particularly in education and in an educational context. And it's driven the adoption of of digital. It's driven the adoption of digital courseware, and it's driving the adoption of of online proctoring, which is the ability to take tests remotely rather than having to go into a physical test or examination center. And I would say it's created a higher expectation for the digital experience. There's, there's no doubt that consumers, and I would include, you know, educational faculty in this regard, have had to learn to build digital muscle in the last few months. You know, even people that have been reluctant to engage have now figured out how to use apps on their mobile phone, figured out how to use Zoom, have figured out how to use Teams, figured out a lot of sort of the basic digital muscle. And that's created a both a desire to do more, but also has created an expectation around the quality of the experience. And of course, you know, this is very true for every sector, not just in my sector, but you know, you look at the digital natives, you know, the the, the likes of Amazon, you know, every one of us use Amazon.com, you know, we all use Netflix, we all use Spotify, we use Uber, we use all of these apps. It's created a baseline expectation that the rest of the traditional business models have to reach that baseline capability, right? Because that's the sort of baseline. But then then you have to do a lot more on top of that. And so I think it's raised expectations. It's it's accelerated our strategy. It's caused the further demise of, of print that some of the, 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 you know, what was important for us a few years ago is still important today. But we recognize that that's not part of our future. Our future is a digital future. So it's accelerated that transition in a way. And it's caused us to rethink around what's going to be the new reality. What, what do we need to be working on now, you know, to sort of satisfy the needs in the coming months and years? And, you know, we're doing a lot around making sure we're building in scalability because we're anticipating much higher volumes. We're building in, you know, resiliency. We're building it. How do we get to this next generation of experience, you know, much higher grade, higher caliber experience and that's both in hygiene terms things like e-commerce has to work really well and really effectively and scalable but then the experience of learning and, and how we personalize that journey for you and those experiences even more emphasis on that even more focus on that so yeah it's accelerated it's creating increased demand and increased expectation of quality and capability i would say we had an outside firm uh do a survey for us for 1400 enterprises. We one of the questions we asked was what is accelerating your digital transformation? Is it your CEO, is it your board, is it your CTO or is it COVID? And you know, 
of uh, the folks actually said that the biggest accelerant is uh, is COVID-19? It's raised awareness of the art of the possible, honestly. I, I think if you'd have asked majority of CEOs before COVID, could 80% of their workforce or 90% of their workforce work effectively from home? I think the majority would say no, right? And I think if you ask them the question now, 75% probably would say, yeah, pretty well. I mean, I think we've all got a desire to get back together and you know have a level of interaction and be back in the office. But honestly, none of us, I don't think, are going to be back full time, right? I think we're going to move to a very different model. And I think that same dynamic has called into question a lot of our existing business models, right? Those business models are under huge pressure to change now. And certainly for us, you know, luckily, our strategy has been very much the last five years, move to the platform, move to digital, move to great online experiences, move to delivering fantastic educational outcomes. So that bit, at least we got that bit right. <laughs> I think we got it right. So if anything, COVID has just brought that more into sharp focus for us and got us to think about accelerating that vision in, in many ways. So it's very clear, Albert, that what inspires you is getting to a billion learners. If you had the same opportunity many years ago, and this opportunity was presented to you to lead a company through this transformation to get to a, this inspirational goal, what would you tell a younger version of yourself? It's a really good question. I think probably, you know, anything like this is a little bit personally risky. You know, you sort of have to stick your neck out a little bit and, and make some and make some calls around, you know, how you think the future vision is going to look like and putting your opinion forward. I, I think when I was younger, I, I lacked confidence a little bit. You know, I've never been a particularly pushy guy. I've always tended to be more of an introvert than an extrovert. You know, you, you wouldn't necessarily find me on the stage, you know, reciting a sort of a future vision. But I think I would tell myself to be a little bit more confident. And I, I think, you know, young people have a huge advantage in the new era of business is that they they live, breathe, and, and experience digital every day. And a lot of us older guys, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I've spent my 30-year career over 30 years within technology, so I'm probably a little bit more akin to it. But a lot of people who run businesses don't understand this digital stuff, right? So, you know, they rely on young people. They rely on younger leadership to to have the idea about how to drive business forward. And so, think if I was talking to my 25-year-old self or my 30-year-old self, I would say, don't doubt, right? Don't doubt yourself. Put your ideas forward. Be outspoken. Question, you know, question why things have been done the way they're done. And, you know, be bold and outspoken about your belief. And, and the chances are you're right. You know, the chances are if you, if you live in the digital world, what you're saying is going to be the right things. And we have to we as older leaders in, in our organizations, we have to listen to young people, right? The chances are that what are they saying? A lot of what they're saying is absolutely right. And uh, we don't want to be too blinkered. You know, we need to be open and receptive to, to listening to our younger employees, without a doubt. Well, this is, um, Albert, this has been awesome conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for joining us. No, it's a real pleasure, Chet. And thank you for your time and uh, look forward to having further conversations. We hope after listening that you have some new ideas on how to make a fun and immersive digital experience, no matter what industry you're in. And don't forget, stick your neck out by being confident and don't doubt yourself while you're doing it. Be bold and outspoken. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Inspired Execution Podcast, hosted by Chairman and CEO of Datastax, Chet Kapoor. We have many more guests with phenomenal stories to come, so stay tuned. 
If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the series to be notified when a new conversation is released. And feel free to drop us any questions or feedback at inspiredexecution at datastacks.com.